We've arrived at week 38, and we are in chapter 10, Opulence of the Absolute. And in this chapter, Krishna at the very beginning says, this is the highest knowledge yet. Like he's already described the most confidential knowledge, but now he's going beyond. So it's going to get more into specifically about Krishna and his love, how he reciprocates and how his devotees behave and um, how he enlightens the devotee from within. We, we did last session. Those who are constantly devoted to serving me with love, I give the understanding by which they can come to me. So it's my favorite verse in Bhagavad Gita. Um, and then so we'll start um, speaking more about that enlightenment. But really we can see that the highest knowledge is actually about Krishna but when that knowledge about Krishna is is tran is comes from the devotees' understanding, then that's the highest. Because we may have knowledge about Krishna, but when it's in a loving mood, then that's the highest. You can see. So he's ta- he's actually speaking about this love between the devotee and Krishna. Like he says here, um, the thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me. Their lives are fully devoted to my service, and they derive great satisfaction and bliss from always enlightening one another and conversing about me. So that's what we're attempting to do here. So, who would like to share first? I'll go last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let me make sure this is all set. Okay, yeah. Now I took um, I took a, a a quote out of uh, the purport from uh, uh, verse fifteen, um, and in that purport um, it says the Supreme Lord Krishna can be known by persons who are in a relationship with him through the discharge of devotional service, like Arjuna and his followers. Um, so my understanding of that is before you can really know anyone, you must first develop a close relationship with them. So similarly, similarly, um, before we can know Krishna, we must develop a relationship with him through the practices of devotional service, starting with chanting his holy names and then serving the spiritual master and associating with Krishna's devotees as well as serving them. Um, so my application of that is, um, I look back now on my explorations through various spiritual paths, never really being devoted or dedicated to one way fully, always seeking. I was a dabbler in my seeking for spiritual truth and understanding. I guess I wasn't ready to really know God, have a personal relationship with him. Through this science of Krishna consciousness, through understanding who and what I truly am, not a body, but a spirit soul and a loving devoted servant of Krishna, and through the practice of a devotional service, I have finally started to discover how lost I really was, how out of touch I had become. Perhaps not as adrift as some, but still so Maya conscious. Each day as I go deeper and more intimate with my devotional service, I feel Lord Krishna getting closer to me. I recall Gurudev once telling, telling me last year that by the end of the year, Krishna will make you weep. I can honestly say I weep several times before the end of last year, and I'm weeping now as I write this. 
longing to serve Krishna more and more, hear about his pastimes and get to know more about him, wanting to hold him and to, and to do whatever I can do to please him. There is not a day anymore that goes by that Krishna is not always on my mind and in one form or another. This is the power of devotional service, the key to having a relationship with the beloved, Lord Sri Krishna, and getting to know him. I chose I just text eleven and the whole the whole verse. It says, Out of compassion for them I do I dwelling in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge, the darkness born of ignorance. And my understanding of that and I just said uh, I wrote a lot, so I just Darkness which is born of ignorance. What defines being born? Existing, the definition of born is existing as a result of birth. Ignorance has been birthed from darkness. It is because it's ignorance that we experience darkness. When we turn off the lights, <clears throat> when we turn off the lights, what can we see? When we are in darkness, what is the extent of our vision? It is limiting. Krishna is saying he is destroys, diminishes this darkness by the shining lamp of knowledge. So Krishna is departing knowledge to us so we no longer have to live in darkness. He's providing us light so we can see. So it's saying ignorance is giving birth to darkness. What does ignorance mean? What does it mean to be ignorant of something? And the definition of ignorance, lacking knowledge, awareness in general. What does it mean to lack something? And the, the, the definition for lack is the state of being with, without or with having some enough, ha, not having enough of something. And the synonyms for that is deficiency, a need, a want, absence, a shortage. What does it mean to be aware of something? It's perception, knowledge of a situation or fact. And this, the synonyms for that is understanding, recognition, consciousness, perception, realization, and appreciation. So what is this knowledge Krishna is giving? He's giving us knowledge of ourselves, the nature of who we are, why we exist, why we are suffering, why we suffer. With him, the purpose, um, the purpose of this life and the whole blueprint and inner workings of our reality. So in this darkness, we are ignorant of all of this. We are lacking um, and not aware. Uh, ultimately though, we're yearning for this. There is a need, a deficiency. And we are hankering, hankering for it. For billions of lifetimes passing through various species of lives, we have always been looking, looking outside of ourselves. But Krishna is saying here though, he's dwelling in our hearts. So he's always existed within ourselves, but we've been looking outside of ourselves. And he's saying, he's saying, so, so Krishna is a source of this life, the giver of the lamp, which illuminates our darkness. He expands our vision. And he's revealing this to Arjuna because he's Krishna's intimate friend. And, Krishna, and Arjuna, he's 
by the service that Arjun, he wants to know. He's submissively um, inquiring, sincerely inquiring from Krishna. And he's hearing, he's engaging himself in hearing from Krishna because there's trust. And, um, and I just said, you know, we've been accustomed to darkness, though. But, but beyond this has always existed, the light that has always been within our hearts. And that, you know, we, the nature of the soul is Sachi Ananda. We are that bliss. We are that knowledge. We are eternal. And we're just sparks of Krishna's splendor. We are parts of, of that complete whole. And so through this, no longer the antonyms for feeling lack or of awareness is, uh, is Arjuna now feels sufficient. There's a plentitude, there's overabundance. He has everything he needs now. And the antonyms for uh, lack of awareness is he feels alive. Uh, there's, he's awake, informed, cognizant, conscious, mindful, receptive, wise, enlightened, and grounded now that he has this knowledge. So, through this... What's an antonym? It's the opposite. Opposite. Opposite of a word. So this, by this, Krishna, he's giving us this. He's giving it to Arjun. And because he's, our, he's, um, he's uh, Krishna's, Krishna's friend. And yet, he's, yeah, we have that, that relationship exists within all of us. So we have this, we are able to access this. Uh, through our hearts, through service. And then, you know, Prabhupada's saying in the, the fourth fourth, he's saying, if he is sincere in his devotional service, he, he is helped by Krishna himself within his heart. So the sincere devotee engaged in Krishna consciousness cannot be without knowledge. So he can't exist without it. It's always there. And, you know, through lifetimes we've been looking outside, we've been... But we've been looking blindly because we cannot see without the light. That's that's that Krishna's only could provide for us. And it says like simply by speculating for the Supreme Truth, it is so great that it's not possible to understand or achieve him simply by mental effort. So Krishna is reciprocating with us because we're making the choice to turn to him. And and Arjun here, he is there's there's trust, there's and he's certain of him. And he's so ecstatic, when, you know, because as he's hearing it, or as he's hearing from him, he's realizing all of this. And he's like, you know, in the second the second verse, he's like, you are the supreme Brahma. You, the ultimate, the supreme abode, and purified the absolute truth and the eternal divine person. You are the primal God, transcendental and original. You are the unborn and all-pervading beauty. All the great sages such as Narayan, Asita, Divala, Visya, Vyasya, proclaim this is of you, and now yourself are declaring it to me. So he's like, yeah, he's just like, you are, you are that. I trust you. And like, you're revealing this to me, and I'm certain of it, and solidifying my faith. Because like, even when we're in the darkness, we have, we have to have some faith that there's something beyond that, that exists, and through that faith, Krishna, and then we, if we make efforts and, we, we give ourselves into that process. He reciprocates with us. And he's, he has this lamp, and he's the giver. And he has that lamp, and he's showing us, you know. 
And there was this one thing my dad told me. I know he was a little bit understanding because I, I talked to him a little bit. And he was saying, there was one time, he's like, you guys are the light in a world full of darkness. And that stood out to me because it, it reminded me of this verse. Like, that's what, we, that's what it is. This little, this little piece of Krishna, Krishna consciousness is that light in a world full of darkness. Because people, because this has been revealed to them. No longer are they in darkness. They can see, you know. They have eyes to which they can see. And that's only, that's given by Krishna, you know. So these people that are, this, this line of succession, these people have realized. They have realized, oh, Krishna is my lover, and Krishna is my friend, you know, and I'm meant to exchange in that love with him. So they realize this, and he's giving us this knowledge because he's that source of knowledge. He can, he can reveal it to us everything, everything we need to know about how to navigate through this world and go back to him. So, so with that, through that line, through the mercy of our, even our spiritual master, through his spiritual master and so on, there, it, this has been preserved. That's why we know it's so bona fide. And the reason why it was even begin, it was first written down is because the degradation of our memory in Kali Yuga. So this has been written down, but yet from that point, it's still been unchanged, untainted. And now we're receiving this, and now we can give to others and open their eyes. You know? So this is, this is my understanding. And then I... Um, my, my application would be just to like, really to, um, to, to always refresh my mind about the value of, of even devotional service to please Krishna through this. Like, you know, like it's, it's the most beautiful thing. And I can't ever forget that because if I take that for granted, you know, it's because that's, what's going to move me closer to Krishna, you know? And so... And it's going to perfect my life and purify my consciousness so I can become, you know, I, I no longer have to be asleep, you know, like I can be awake to what what the reality really is, the absolute truth of our reality. So by that, like, devotional service is the most beautiful thing that we've been given. And Prabhupada, he's made it, you know, he's make it, he made it so we can always have, we have temples all around the world, like, that service, I just want to expand on and give more, you know, give more to everybody that we come in contact with so they can know, they can understand, they can awaken from this slumber, you know, this, they're asleep, you know. It's saying, you know, like, there's a lack of, there's, there, you know, there's a lack of something. It's like they're wanting, they're, there's a shortage, there's a deficiency there. It's like they know, but yet they don't know. Yet, you know. But if they keep on making effort, they keep on going, they take, keep on taking action to want to know, then Krishna will see that and reciprocate with them. But it only takes, it's a choice because Krishna's giving us that choice. Do you just want to remain in darkness or do you want to come to me and I can show you, I can give you that light so you can see, you know, like he's not forcing us or anything, you know, but he's like giving us that, that choice. And he's even giving Arjun that choice. He's not ever, he's never in the bucket. He's just ever telling him, you got to do this, you got to do that. And then you can, you can attain me. But he's like, here, you have this, you have this option. 
And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna give you truth, and this is it. And he has a choice whether he wants to accept it or not. You know, so, so this is, that's. I just want to always because sometimes I can, you know, sometimes, you know, you listen to your mind or you, you get so. It's like you go back into that, that ignorance, and you just get blinded again, and you can't see anything. What What is Krishna trying to tell me? What is Krishna trying to communicate to me? He's always trying to communicate. We just have to open our ears to listen to him, you know. So, so this is it. That's so, uh, it. Yeah. So we we shouldn't ever listen to our minds. Yeah. That's okay. Speak as, like the mind will never. Lead you in the right direction, actually. Yeah. The what? The mind will never lead you in the right direction unless it's been fully saturated mm. and fully trained in, in Krishna consciousness. So, um, dealing with confusion, you know, and in, in our spiritual life can be one of the biggest tests. So, that's why we have. We have the Maha Mantra meditation, so we can take shelter of this chanting mantra. We can we can liberate our mind through this absorption in Krishna's holy name. So, you were saying you didn't want to take anything for granted, and um, and that's wonderful because when the mind jumps in, it can confuse us to the gifts that we've been given. But if we get if once again we become absorbed in Krishna, we can be free from that. So I'm re it's really wonderful to have you back in Bhagavad class, and uh, you you have a really nice way with words. You write very nicely, so I'm glad that Guru Dave wants you to keep on writing because um, it's very heartfelt, very wonderful. So thank you for sharing your realizations. Oh my God! After that, what do I say? <laughs> I actually um, chose part of the, part of um, text eleven as well. It's part of the purport, where it says, "Man can go on speculating for several millions of years, and if he is not devoted, if he is not a lover of the supreme truth, he will never understand Krishna or the supreme truth. Only by devotional service." Is the supreme truth Krishna pleased, and by his inconceivable energy, he can reveal himself to the heart of the pure devotee. Um, I love that line because one of the things that I always have in mind when when I like to explain to people certain things is the whole the whole thing about you know like you can go to an art gallery and look at a painting and try to kind of Oh, maybe he was thinking this, or this person was thinking that, or maybe maybe by this color he was like in this type of mood, or when you can simply let's say sometimes the artist is there, like and and maybe even if even if the artist took the time to have a little something written by the by the the painting, even even if that's there and you read it, we can um because of the way that our mind works, we can even interpret it our own way. So if the, if, if the artist is there, why not just get to know the artist? Like, just ask him, inquire. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and also like another thing is like it says here um uh if he is not a lover of the supreme truth like how how do you love someone if you don't know them yeah. you know like it, it it takes some getting to know in some service some some because for example my husband like if if i just simply like saw him one day and it's like oh he he's nice and this and that and oh he he looks nice he dresses nice whatever and maybe he did a kind uh, thing to someone else but i just observed then i can maybe have ideas or i can actually approach me, him and actually you know know his name know what he likes know what he doesn't like and then when i get to know that then that little spark starts and it's like i want to serve him you know i, I want to do nice things to make him happy so in in that way it's God's that way too and that's so sweet like when I hear that that's so so like captivating for me it's so sweet so um, I really love that bhakti yoga is in these books and this knowledge and what Prabhupada brought to us is such a pure clear picture of how to do that and how to get there and it and you know and how is absolutely obtainable and how beautiful it is so i'm just grateful that i have all this <laughs> have you ever seen those gallery those paintings where they're just like blank canvas oh this no. is white a white canvas <laughs> <laughs> no. the impersonal grandma jyoti what the heck is this? What's, what's the idea that what the artist, why the reason, yeah. the purpose of them creating? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, they just look at it and like, what is that? It's a Zen Buddhist artist. <laughs> 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 I was over in San Francisco and I was in the, uh, the Museum for Modern Art and there was a whole <laughs> section of this artist that had exactly that. Nothing. The, this blank, yeah. blank canvases everywhere. Yeah. You know, and I was wondering, what the heck? He just bought Oh, he painted them, he painted them white. Or he painted a couple of black and then white and black, but they were all blank. That's it. And a whole gallery full of this stuff. And I'm going, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, yes. I always knew I could be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, intention is really supremely important when you're talking about getting to know somebody. So, like, basically, if you're just speculating what somebody's creation is about, then you're having a relationship with your own, with yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not actually getting to know what was a person trying to communicate. And so you're right. Like that's why these scriptures are, are so unique because here's Krishna, Supreme Personality of Godhead specifically saying, this is my intention. Like, this is what I want. And it's wonderful because we're actually, while listening to the words of Krishna, reading the words of Krishna, we are having that relationship if we take it to heart like that. Like, I want you to come to me. I'll reciprocate with you. I'll give you knowledge. I'll destroy this darkness of ignorance with torturing knowledge. When I was in Florida this past... Um, this past holiday. Well, first let me just let you know that my 
particular um, section that really stood out to me was also in text 11, <laughs> per four. And um, it was just another sweet reminder, you know. But when I was in Florida, I'd wake up every morning and, you know, I'd do my, my sadhana bhakti and I'd just, you know, go out and I'd walk the dog and I'd go to this park and I would spend a lot of time over there with this book or just with my japa. But I remember seeing, like, um, families with kids and kids being so dependent on their, on their families, you know, their parents. And just with not a worry in the world, you know what I mean? Just not worried about anything in life, you know? And my parents got me, you know? And even, even with a fabulous family, you know, just seeing the way that her parents are with, 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 with her kids, with their kids, you know, and, 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 and the kind of, you know, the kind of safety that the, the kids kind of exude, you know, when they're around their family. And I, and I was wondering, like, you know, when Krishna says here that the pure devotee does not have to worry about the necessities of life, he need not, he need, he need not be anxious because when he removes, again, going back to the darkness from his heart, everything is provided automatically by the Supreme Lord. For he is pleased by the loving devotional service of the devotee. So this is just another beautiful reminder because a lot of times, if you just look at it from a material perspective, we can understand that, you know, that we, especially in a situation where we depend on someone and that someone we love and that someone reciprocates that love back to us, that we develop this faith in them, like this certainty, this, this like, this feeling that nothing can go wrong, you know, that I'm safe, that I'm, I'm taken care of. And I think that that comes with knowing someone, you know, knowing someone like relationship breeds familiarity. Eventually you get to know someone. So, so, you know, Krishna's constantly, constantly in my life, he's constantly telling me like, you don't have to worry about anything. And like, I feel like sometimes people think that I'm crazy, but I feel like he's always telling me this. You don't have to worry about anything in life. And I know this is like crazy for some people. He's like, you don't have to worry about anything. He's like, when you are doing my service, when, when you are dedicated to why you were created in the first place, I take care of everything else. You don't, don't worry about how it transpires or how it manifests. I will do it. You just focus on devotional service. You just focus on. And so like sometimes it's, it's easier said than done. But I feel like, for me, if we can see that that's possible materially, then why would it not be possible spiritually? Why can't we get to a place in our relationship with Krishna that we can simply trust Him in such a way where we no longer worry about the necessities of life? Because Krishna says here that it's the second that we are pleasing Him that everything is provided automatically. So when we're pleasing him, everything's provided. You know, and this world is worried about everything. That is the nature of this world. Everyone is worried about how am I going to pay the bill? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And this is, this is how everyone lives. So what distinguishes the devotee from the rest of the world? I feel that it's this ability to have this unshakable trust that... He's always taking care of us. And, you know, I'm constantly reminded of this throughout the scriptures, not just 
not just these scriptures, but all over the biblical scriptures, it's everywhere. It's this constant reminder. Like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to feel. So, so for me, I take this as a very beautiful reminder that as long as my heart is dedicated to pleasing Krishna, that every other area of my life that I feel like time is catching up on, you know, because a lot of times the mind tries to play certain tricks on you, like, oh my God, I'm going to run out of time and I'm so involved doing this that I have no time for this. But we act as if Krishna doesn't know that. We act as if Krishna is not in charge of all, like, like he can't take care of that. So anyways, yeah. it's just one of these reminders that like as long as like we're pleasing Krishna, he removes that darkness from our heart and he provides everything that we need automatically, materially. What to speak of spiritually? What to speak of spiritually? This is just materially that Prabhupada is talking about here. But what to speak of uh, spiritually? So anyway, my application is to continue to remind myself every single day that Krishna is in control of my life and that if I simply desire to please Him, then every other area of my life is being taken care of by Him. And actually, when He's taking care of my life, it's in the best hands. So if I can always remind myself of that, that he can do a better job at taking care of my life than I can ever on the best day. You know, his worst day is better than my best day. <laughs> so if I can always remember that, then, then I think that, I'm, that I got a chance. I got a chance, you know, to, to, uh, to truly uh, you know, get a shot to, to make it, to go back home, to be with Krishna, to... Yeah. I just thought of what you, the analogy, remember the analogy you said in your class just the other day, where like you're in front of the train tracks, mm -hmm. and like the train's like, um, the train's like, what, how many tons is that you said? Uh, 5,000. 5,000 yeah. tons, but you're there thinking that you can take on the train, and you have your hands down. Yeah. No, what are the We think we can do it alone, but yet. We don't have any chance against that train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's like um, it's like Queen Kunti, who uh, threw her hands up. Yeah. No. Dropity. 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 And then Queen Kunti was praying for uh, the suffering to come upon her. So this is a kind of an alternative perspective, is that Hari, Hari means one who takes away, actually. So he gives everything, but sometimes he gives by taking away, actually. So the Guru Dev, he, he, he speaks about how to actually preach to spread Krishna consciousness. We actually have to have a wonderful life in Krishna consciousness. Um, and like you were saying, I mean, what's there to be concerned about? If, like Prabhupada said, he said, if we, wanna, if, we wanna, if we have a desire to serve Krishna, especially by spreading these fruits of love of God, Krishna will, to the degree we desire that, Krishna will give us whatever we need, definitely. Um, but at the same time, we have to think about the reversals too and see how the great devotees handle that. There's a different ways to look at it. Like for instance, Halad Maharaj, she was always rescued, right? Like Haranyakashipu was trying to kill him. He was thrown from a cliff. He was put into a pit of serpents. He was... Um, what else was this? Like, they tried to have him stomped by elephants, different things. 
And Krishna, he was totally untouched. And then the Shingadev came and, and destroyed Hari Kashyapa. But then you have the Pandavas. Pandavas are great devotees, but they're put into so many difficult situations. Arjuna is in such anxiety. <laughs> Very stressful situation. And so Queen Kunti, she's saying, basically she's not seeing the duality. She's saying, whether, whether or not Krishna is giving me my daily bread, or he's taking it away, actually she's praying for him to take it away, she said. Let these sufferings come upon me again and again. Because actually as a devotee, Krishna is doing specifically what we need to come to him. He's completely a tailor-made package about how we can come to him. So from an external perspective, it can look sometimes things can look really, really awful. I mean, devotees die in so many different ways. Um, you just had cancer. Mm-hmm. And you all got an accident and so many things. But a devotee doesn't see that as less mercy. Actually, he sees that fully as the Lord's mercy. Um, so devotees also can get into anxiety and stress and things. But it's different because the Lord is specifically helping that devotee to make advancement in Krishna consciousness. He's taking away barriers that stop us from uh, getting closer to Krishna. Um, because sometimes I, sometimes we don't realize how deep the attachments are in this world. Yeah. So Krishna, he, he knows what we need to, to hold the material energy from underneath our feet a little bit so we can, we can take full shelter of him. Actually, that's what he wants. He wants us to fully go to him. He was saying about Prahlad Maharaj this morning. He was saying that Prahlad Maharaj was always meditating on Krishna. So even when he was, you know, like, uh, you know, like, Rani Kashipur was trying to kill him, like, he was just like, like you're saying, he's untouched. And so with the process of Krishna consciousness, it's training our mind to always meditate on Krishna. And to always be fixed in that, and um, and so in that way we're not touched by the material, and we're just so absorbed in Krishna and that love that we're untouched by the material energy, and we can get to that point, and that's that's why we're here. But it's gradual, of course. Like we have many many lifetimes of uh, deep conditioning, but um, but that we have the process to perfect our lives. We have that. You know what I mean? So. Thank you. One thing that I want to really mention really quick is that I love how, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all type of thing. Like, Krishna deals with every individual differently. And I really, really appreciate that about Krishna because, because he understands and he sees what people can't see. Like, we can all speculate and think that we know what's going on with someone or what someone's going through or why someone... Went, had to go through something, but ultimately only Krishna knows and only Krishna can see truly the, the heart's desire. So what I really, really like about something that Gurudev told me once is he's like, you know, like Krishna, like he's, he's, he's so loving, he's so compassionate, he's so gentle that if you come to him with something, be, be very specific about what you ask. Because if you ask him something, he was going to give it to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's going to give it to you. So be very careful because it happened in my life. And I, I really like that Krishna understands. Like, 
for him, it's, there's no little thing, like there's no insignificant thing in our lives. Like everything that matters to us matters to Krishna. But ultimately, as you're saying, all these things are to bring us to a point where we can take shelter of Krishna. Ultimately, where we can take shelter of Krishna and not take shelter of this material energy. So in, the, in, 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 that, in that regard, I absolutely, you know, this is, I, I, I trust. So the, the point is developing this trust in Krishna where if there are reversals and if, and if there are setbacks and things that happen, to, to know to know that even if these things are happening, they're happening because you know that Krishna has a perfect plan. So even, you know, you, where you can't see the big picture, it's like that whole, you know, that story that we always talk about, the, the horses, you know, where Krishna can see the end from the beginning, but we can't. But it's our duty to simply trust that Krishna is looking out for us. So, you know, I, I think that's really beautiful. So, so, if we if we really if we really ground ourselves in that and knowing that Krishna truly loves us and truly wants the best for us and he's truly looking out for us he's our truly our our well you know the most well-wishing friend then um, I, I think that that can bring us some comfort in, in those moments yeah like he's our, our number one well-wishing friend if we can just always take shelter of that no matter what's going on then we can always be hopeful and then we can always be grateful we can always be in that in that mood of, of gratitude even if something it's 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 really hard it's easier said than done to be grateful when something bad happens but i feel like in my life personally there was times where i was going through some stuff physically or whatever and i'm like oh why am i going through this but then looking back i can truly be grateful for it because i've seen how that situation allowed me to completely see things differently and actually and actually depend on Krishna. You know, like when I'm on that plane and I'm 30,000 feet up in the air, I hate being that high in the air. It is absolutely terrifying for me. So I have to fully depend on, I, I, don't, I don't care about what they say about how safe the planes are and how competent the pilot is. I don't care about any of those things don't matter to me. The only thing that matters is it Krishna? I have to just depend on him. So I'm up there just chanting my rounds. And I feel like sometimes I do my best rounds up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm put in a situation where I have to really, like I have to depend on Krishna. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, that's just... Well, that's what Queen Kuti was saying. Let these miseries come upon me so that I can see you. That's like a radical statement. But see, what, what I... What I was thinking in, in relationship to that is that we're going through throughout our day-to-day -day life, and although we're devotees, we naturally tend to gravitate towards taking the shelter of our mind yeah. and, and physical objects, our, our family, things in this world. So when something happens, all of a sudden, like our world shifts. Like you get that news, like that cancer. The whole world shifts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all like that, that those things you were taking shelter of, they are immediately just like, um, like, you know, mm -hmm. fog in the morning when the sun comes out. It's just mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it's like I don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you have to take shelter of Krishna. And so that's what Queen Kuti was saying. Mm -hmm. Like when these miseries are there, all we have is you, Krishna. Yeah. Literally, like that's all they could do is just meditate and pray to Krishna. Yeah, it's like we're, we're constantly practicing to remember, to, to remember Krishna. I think 
through those ex because in the midst of emotion or something it could be hard to remember Krishna you know what I mean it could feel so intense but through those experiences we can learn from them and we can ultimately come to you know because it's it's that's that's our original state of consciousness is where to, to be completely aware of Krishna in every moment mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's like we're trying to return back to that but like you know of course you know the mind gets in the way but but when we even get deviated deviated by the mind or something we experience so much suffering and so through that it's like oh i don't want to suffer why why should i suffer i should always try to engage my mind and practice always so i can always remember and that's why sadness feel is so important in our spiritual life too because in that we're we're kind of like we're tr we're really um we're trying to um what's the word we're always trying to remember Krishna, no matter what. So I think, I think that's it's important. And what Queen Kuti is saying, she's like, bring Kamadi, they have Kamadi, so I can remember you, Krishna, always. So I always can remember you. So that's like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Nice. Mm. Okay, so let's see what Mari Mohini has to say. Um, what time is this over with? <clears throat> we got curious. about around ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's time, going to be time to take prasadam before the Harinam, do you think? Yeah. Well, It'll be a little time. We have at 6.30, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it would be a half hour then. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, Murray Mohini chose text 11. Uh -huh. oh. <laughs> this is from the purport. The pure devotee doesn't have to worry about the necessities of life. He need not be anxious because... When he removes the darkness from his heart, everything is provided automatically by the Supreme Lord, for he is pleased by the loving devotional service of the devotee. Understanding. As the devotee chants the Maha Mantra, impurities are removed from his heart. As impurities are removed from his heart, he performs devotional service. The Supreme Lord takes care of him and supplies everything he needs. Application. I am not sure of how far I am from becoming a pure devotee, and therefore... Qualified for what is mentioned here, but I already believe that the Lord will take care of me and that I don't have to worry. I will continue to chant and carry out devotional service in deep gratitude. That the Lord is simply that the Lord is taking care of me, and that all I have to do is simply that which I also want to do, i.e., love Krishna and get closer to him. Jai. So actually the Lord is taking care of everybody um, at every moment. But when we become Krishna conscious, we just realize that Krishna is always taking care of us. And we just demanded material enjoyment. So he's taking care of us in that sense. He's providing this deep desire we cultivated since the time that we turned away from Krishna. And he's providing us that. But he's always there. And the soul, like he says in the second chapter, is never touched. The soul is always transcendental the material nature, and, and the Lord is always um, there with, Paramatma is there with the Atma, always. Um, so you qualify eternally to be taken care of by Krishna, to be protected. The difference is we become conscious of that. And, you know, until we are completely in the spiritual reality, um, taking care of us is, is at times going to be painful. Um, there is a necessity for that. Otherwise, Krishna wouldn't allow it. 
So Krishna is taking care of us as hard as that, as hard as that is to understand. The Lord is protecting us and taking care of us through removing the false ego, through destroying this temporary world, this temporary body, destroying faith in it, destroying attachment to it. Mm-hmm. The Lord is taking care of us in that way. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a Judeo-Christian perspective, when you hear protect and things, often you're mostly thinking on the bodily platform. Mm-hmm. He's going to give me money, he's going to give me a house, he's going to give me a, a spouse, he's going to give me good health. But in Krishna consciousness, that's all changed. <laughs> you really, how the Lord takes care of us is oftentimes can be very painful on this platform. Yeah, necessary. <clears throat> okay, so see what I chose. I don't think it was 11, but maybe it was. Let's see. <laughs> Remember at this point. Um, and to get to that point where you handle that pain, that suffering in the right way, with the right consciousness, that takes a lot of spiritual advancement. <laughs> You'll see that clearly when it's happening. Um, this is from text 17. Sri Krishna is the master of the yoga maya energy by which he is covered and uncovered to the common man. The common man who has no love for Krishna cannot always think of Krishna. Therefore, he has to think materially. Understanding? This is a wonderful summary statement of our predicament in this material world. Due to our being unable to fit into the spiritual world, we are absorbed in materialistic consciousness. In this sad state, we cannot catch even a glimpse of the spiritual reality. Yoga Maya is Krishna's servant responsible for maintaining the proper mood of transcendental love sports. We are immediately bewildered by her expansion, Maha Maya, the material covering, when we desire to enjoy separately from Krishna. So, uh, application. To enter back into the transcendental loving pastimes of Lord Krishna, I must give up materialistic pursuits. I pray for the blessings of Maya Devi, to become once again eligible to enter the, that divine atmosphere of Goloka Vrindavan. Only by her blessings can I join the loving associates of Lord Krishna and imbibe that same mood within my heart without reservation. Because she's protecting the Lord's pastimes. She's just serving. So it said that for a devotee at the time of death, she gives her blessings and we're back into the spiritual world. So we need Maya Devi's blessings. She's not dead. She's not our enemy. <laughs> Somebody at Krishna go was next. So, oh, Maya is our enemy. She has lots of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're, and she um, she rides on a tiger. Uh-huh. Dory guy. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're doing Dundavats, then she'll pass right over you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's, uh, she's ashamed to come before a devotee. Because the devotee is carrying that light, like you were talking about, Chaitanya Leela. That light of love of God. So she, she pays her, her obeisances to the devotee. But as long as we take shelter of her, then she will, she will um, engage. She will engage in that important service. You think I'll poke us for the threefold misery? Yeah, it's a difficult service. <laughs> okay, so the first question. In the purport of verse 10.11, Srila Prabhupada makes some points about how one attains pure knowledge of Krishna. What are those points? 
Yeah, Srila Prabhupada makes points about how one attains pure knowledge of Krishna in um, 10 11. Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we talked about, we went over this uh, a few times in, in, in uh, our, our, uh, our discoveries, but in the purport of 10 11, uh, does say that the Mahavadi philosophers uh, think that without discriminating, one cannot have pure knowledge. For them, this answer is given by the Supreme Lord. Those who are engaged in pure devotional service, even though they be without um, uh, sufficient education, even without sufficient knowledge of the Vedic principles, are still helped by the Supreme God, as stated in this verse. Due to the contamination of material association uh, through many, many millions of births, One's heart is always covered with the dust of materialism, but when one engages in devotional service and constantly chants Hare Krishna, the dust quickly clears and one is elevated to the platform of pure knowledge. Nice. Yeah. I think you also mentioned that there's no material qualification right. that can allow someone to have this knowledge. Sincerity. Right, he yeah. says sincerity. Okay. Anybody want to add to that? I mean, he goes on to say something like, um, I thought this line was quite interesting, where um, the power of sincerity, in, in other words, to, to speak on that, where he says, even if, even if a devotee does not take advantage of their literatures or of his spiritual master, if he is sincere in his devotional service, he is helped by Krishna himself within his heart. That's, that's even interesting. That's an interesting line too, right there. And that takes an advanced understanding. Right. Um, like, for instance, uh, Bali Maharaj, he disobeyed uh, his guru, but he, he did it to, uh, to please the Supreme Lord uh, because the, his guru was, was influenced, Sukaracharya was influenced um, in the wrong direction. So because Bali Maharaj, he was fully surrendered to the Lord, he was a pure devotee, he ended up surrendering everything to the Lord, Devamana Dev. So, so he knew what to do because he was he was fully um, aligned with the parampara. He was fully aligned. But this so this takes an advanced understanding. It's not that one can can understand anything without being enlightened by the guru, without following the guru. But if um, at times the guru acts in such a way where he's not guru. He's acting. He's he's formally a guru, but he's not acting as a guru. Then that status is lost at that point, for that particular um, instance. It's not like in the in the heart of the disciple that the disciple still feels like this is my guru, but for that instance, he has to um, follow the supreme lord and the guru parampara. So it's it becomes very um, like. It's a very sensitive topic, yeah. and it's very intricate. <laughs> so it's um, that kind of makes sense. So yeah, we can ask him that. That's that's another thing. We can have questions. That like in the in the final summary session with Guru Dave, we can have questions that we're thinking of. So the ask way I the way I understand that really quick is. I just basically look at my own life, like the trajectory of my life. Like at one point I didn't have a guru, but all I really was sincere in, in wanting to know Krishna. And then he brought me guru and you know, then he brought me. 
but but he was within the heart guiding me. So that's that's kind of how I take it personally. In that, you know, I didn't have a guru at the time, but but due to my sincerity, I didn't even have these this scripture. I didn't have this knowledge. But because of the sincerity in my heart to just simply want to know God for whatever reason, could have been distressed, could have been whatever. But the fact that you know I had this this sincere desire to know God, that He would reciprocate within the heart in, in such a way that He would bring me to 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 the knowledge that, that we now possess, and, and obviously to the to the lotus feet of the spiritual master. Yeah, it's kind of how I took it in, in that in that regard. That's nice because yeah. it's like the Lord is coming to you yeah. as the guru. Yeah, exactly. That's the external manifestation yeah. of the Lord. Exactly. So he knows that what your desire is, and now he's, it's not like it's just some random yeah. happening that he, the Lord, Sri Krishna, is actually bringing us to guru. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like the, the levels of self realization, right? Is the, the Brahman, the Brahman, the Paramatma, and then the Magala. Uh, Bhagavan. Yeah. So it's like that. It's like it first takes place in the heart, and you're guided by Paramatma, the heart, and then you're revealed the personal feature of the Lord. Yeah. yeah right. He comes externally as the, the spiritual Guru's master. Kind of like a personal yeah. representation, representation of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. How would you respond to the statement Arjuna's declaration of Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead? And verses 10, 12 through 13 is not just Arjuna flattering Krishna because of their intimate friendship. Um, How would we respond to that? Yeah, it's actually said in the verse. Oh, too. oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, um, so how would you respond to the statement Arjuna's declaration of Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Uh, it's not just Arjuna flattering Krishna because of their intimate friendship. Do you have it? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's in the purport uh, as well. It says, Whatever Arjuna says in these two verses is confirmed by Vedic truth. Vedic injunctions affirm that only one who takes to devotional service to the Supreme Lord can understand him, whereas others cannot. Each and every word of this verse spoken by Arjuna is confirmed by Vedic injunction. Arjuna's acceptance of Krishna as a supreme uh, pure complies with the injunctions of Vedic literature. This is also confirmed by great personalities of whom Narada is the chief. So he's, in other words, flattery means you're saying something just to right. cater to somebody's false ego right. or something. But he's not flattering because this is the case. He's Krishna, having deep realization. Krishna, yeah, yes. Krishna... Yes. Krishna is these things. Realizing. Realizing. <laughs> Param Brahma, Param Dhamma. You're, you're the Param Brahma. Because you, you can know something theoretically, right? You're the Lord of the Lords. Yeah. yeah. But then it's a whole different experience when you yeah. actually know it. When you actually, actually know it. So like you can hear something all your life, but then actually, actually, you can have a whole different experience when you actually realize it. Right. So. And it's also the intention. Like flattery usually means you want to get something. From yeah, somebody. you're just trying to. I go for Govindamata. Your hair is so nicely slicked oh, back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will show you how to grow. Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> Can you please tell me where Can you? Can I borrow that go? water bottle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. products do you put in your hair? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in verse 1018, Arjuna expresses a type of dissatisfaction when he says he is never satiated in hearing about Krishna. How does this compare to the dissatisfaction one experiences in material activities? You are always ready. So you get the, you come prepared. Um, again, in the purport, it says, Modern stories, fiction, and histories are different from the transcendental pastimes of the Lord in that one will tire of hearing mundane stories, the one never tires of hearing about Krishna. It is for this reason only that the history of the whole universe is replete with references to the pastimes of the incarnations of Godhead. The Puranas are histories of the bygone ages that relate uh, the pastimes of the various incarnations of the Lord. In this way, the reading matter remains forever fresh despite repeated readings. So the in other words, the satiation, the lack of satiation is actually not a lack of satiation. It's being satiated, but it's desiring more. Right. So it's like, I'm not satiated in the sense that I want more of that nectar. Mm. Like I'm so satiated, but I can't get enough. Right. It's like too much good stuff. <laughs> we can never reach the, you know, the climax of it. You know what I mean? Like Krishna, in, in one of these verses, Krishna tells Arjuna, like, listen, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you some, I'm gonna give you some of my yeah, opulences. Yeah. I'm not gonna give you all of them because I'm unlimited. Yeah, right. So Krishna, only he, he's the possessor of that, like unlimited opulences. So we, he's inexhaustible, in other words, and and we can, it's so so we as a, as a, as a, as a jiva, we can we can we know that he's inexhaustible, and, and no matter what, it, it's ever fresh, but it's inex, it's like a fountain of of like just ever fresh. The most beautiful, sweet water that you can yeah, ever have. Yeah, and like Guru, Guru yeah. was saying yeah. this morning about the different levels of we can experience like his reciprocation on different levels of like it's like ecstasy, the yeah. Mahabhav, the yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember the names. Mahabhav. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like the highest, highest, but it can yeah. even go higher than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Lord Chaitanya just turning into a turtle. I can't, can't even. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you can't even begin to like just witness, be able to witness that. Yeah. You're like, Whoa. What's interesting in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Lord Chaitanya is constantly demonstrating this this, yeah. this fact of of satiation and beyond, only more and more. And he would oftentimes he would quote a verse repeatedly, like he would quote the same verse again and again. You would think like. Why not a different verse? But he was just relishing it so much. Or you'd hear one verse and he would just like fall to the ground in ecstasy. He'd say, say that again. Tell me more. Say more. Because mm. <laughs> like sometimes we might rattle through a verse. Yeah. But like what is Jaitanya showing like how a devotee relishes Krishna yeah. consciousness? Yeah. Say that verse again, Jaitanya. <laughs> <laughs> You see two of them rolling on the floor. <laughs> 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 he gets back up. Tell me again. Rolls back up. Just one more time. Again, again. Keep on laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Bhagavad Gita. Ki jai. I'm going to give everybody else.